0: Okay, I've got a question. What do a hyper-festive HOA, some new, annoying, one-upping neighbors, and a huge, honking diamond ring have in common?
1: Seriously. Well, somehow, believe it or not, they are all key plot points in 2023's Haw Out the Holly, colon, lit up. We've got a lot to talk about, Josh.
0: We do, Jennifer. We'll unwrap it all on this episode of Do You Watch What I Watch. All right. So we've got a sequel on this episode, Jennifer, as we are heading back to Evergreen Lane for a fun one on this episode of Do You Watch What I Watch?
1: That's right. But first, while well, we got you, hey, if you like the podcast, give us a like, give us a comment, subscribe, write a brief review. It really helps us out. Find all the social links at doyouwatchwhatiwatch.com. Enough of that. Let's get to the fun stuff.
0: Seriously, let's get started. Here is the exceedingly vague recap of this movie that we get on IMDb. Again, it's called Hall Out the Holly lit up, just released on Hallmark Channel. And as you heard Jennifer mention, this is a sequel, kind of the second installation in this series. We got the debut last year. This is the follow-up. As the holidays approach, Emily and Jared are looking forward to celebrating the holidays together again. Like, that's literally all they gave us and so much more happens let's just get into it all right so curtain up and we are back on evergreen lane and we get a quick plot summary from emily who is played by Lacey chabert while we see our familiar friends decking the halls now if you didn't listen to our recap of haul out the holly Go back after you listen to this one and listen to it. It's a fun one as well. But the gist is this is the most jolliest of cul-de-sacs you've ever seen. They go over the top with Christmas decorations and Christmas traditions. Emily last year was the fish out of water who sort of had to embrace the neighborhood's traditions for herself, that kind of thing. In the process, she fell in love with the HOA president and they were dating when things ended last time. So that's where all of this picks up.
1: Yeah, and he was her childhood best friend, right? Because she grew up in this town. Her parents, her dad wrote the HOA bylaws and then decided last movie to just take off to Florida randomly and leave (laughs) her with a gigantic house and gigantic mortgage, seemingly. So, yeah, we're back.
0: We're back. Anywho, Jared, the male lead here, shows up to Emily's house. We get some flirty banter and some vague threats of them moving in together and having only one house to decorate. So we see where this is going, right off the bat. Stay tuned. The neighbors are, as we've come to expect, very, very quirky, and I thought, very, very funny. There's a home for sale on the cul-de-sac and a lot of scuttlebutt about who might be moving into their prized neighborhood. They're very against some would-be buyers who showed up apparently wearing beanies without pom-poms on them, (laughs) which is, in this HOA, apparently a cardinal sin. How do you feel, Jennifer, about a beanie without a pom-pom on top?
1: I tend to like a pom-pom. It's a little more whimsical if I'm going to beanie it. And plus, I have a big head. I was told in high school I have a hook head, meaning <laughs> this this guy behind me in algebra put his hand on my head and said, dang, girl, you got a hook head. And I was like, excuse me? Man, I don't know. Boy, I don't know. Get your hand off my head. But my head sticks out further in the back than I guess the average Joe. So just a beanie by itself. Magnifies that. I mean, very vulnerable right now, listeners, but you get a thicker toboggan beanie with the pom pom that tracks from the hook hit.
0: Understood. We appreciate your vulnerability. This is a safe space for you, Jennifer, and we love you, you, you dearly. Hook head and
1: all. Thank you so much. What is your, um, are you pom pom or no? I feel like pom poms usually are more of a female thing.
0: I agree. I like a beanie any time of the year, going to be honest, except for like the dead oh. of summer. But yeah, I it know, gets usually hot I do a beanie that doesn't have a pump, but I've got a couple that do, yeah. you know, just in case I feel like a little bit of whimsy, as you said.
1: more jazz. Yeah.
0: Anywho, So Jared can't make the HOA meeting. This HOA loves to meet a lot. It's very involved, but he can't. Make
1: they have no hobbies. Yeah.
0: Well, Christmas is their hobby in this neighborhood. Yeah. He's planning to propose to Emily and meets her best friend to go over some of the d- details, but he tells Emily that he's got some sort of construction thing that he needs to work on, whatever. Anyway, it's a fake story just to get away from Emily so she can so she can go talk about the, the proposal plans and all this other sort of stuff. But Emily is a little bit concerned, however, that Jared isn't investing that much into the Christmas celebration in the neighborhood and is distracted, so this white might wind up being a little bit of hashtag drama in their relationship so stay tuned the hoa is meeting over some seasonal pastries that look good and here we go they find out this family called the jolly johnsons are moving into the hood emily has no idea who they are they apparently are the reigning champions of some television show on deep 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 cable called ho ho house okay and mm-hmm. they are super jazz. the neighbors are, that the Johnsons are moving to town. They roll out the red carpet, quite literally, cameras and all. The Johnsons show up, and they're like, please, no cameras. All media requests have to go through our agents. And it's at this point I say, okay, here we go.
1: <laughs> but don't you know that they set the bar for suburban Santaology, is mm-hmm. what he said. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> And then they said, "Prepare to engage in full jolliness."
0: <laughs> so clearly, we're getting a fish out of the water trope, but on the other side of the spectrum, which is,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: kind of a good thing to do, I guess. In a sequel,
1: turns yeah, out I'm glad evidence... Peterman's... I'm sorry, no, go right I'm ahead. glad Melissa Peterman's back as Pamela, who is oh, my favorite character in last year's movie. I just want all Pamela all the time, but she presents them the HOA bylaws in like this hand-sewn cover like it was a special edition and she it's very precious to her and I just thought all of that made me laugh so hard
0: she is so great in this movie and that part is so well written for her character it's just Mm -hmm. really really funny anyway it turns out the Jolly Johnsons have an entire truck for holiday decorations which I'm kind of jealous of as in all of the decorations, and they have major plans to show up everyone in the neighborhood, which is a tall task, but they are up for it. So, cut to the tree lighting, the big tree lighting in the cul-de-sac later that night. Jared introduces Joe, Jane, and Johnny Johnson. Okay. <laughs> and the crowd goes absolutely wild. Jared's about to light the tree when the Johnsons show up in matching track suits, confetti cannons in tow, And they quite literally steal the stage, pull off not only a tree lighting, but a gigantic fireworks show. What, like mere hours after they supposedly moved into this neighborhood?
1: And how much would that cost to have a fireworks show? It could not be cheap. I guess they've gotten a lot of money from their TV program.
0: And how does one get the permit for that scale of a fireworks show? I I
1: can't even have a bonfire in my city right now because we're in a drought. Seriously? They're putting off full fireworks? Come on.
0: Come on. We're at the HOA meeting the next day, and Emily and Jared unpack the new and improved Christmas carnival schedule for the rest of the neighbors. The Jolly Johnsons are there, of course, and they're going to take issue with pretty much everything, and they want to wind up changing the HOA bylaws. Uh they are going to be thorns in the side, so here we go. Later, Jared they come and Emily. for
1: Pamela's neck in oh, this scene because, you know, if you remember last year, the cookie competition is Pamela's, like, it's, it's her Everest. It's race all she wins every year. She content. wins. Yeah, she wins every year. And they said, well, really, to make it more fair, everyone should have to use the same recipe for the cookies. And then it comes down to who decorates them the best, whereas Pamela's is like some pecan stocking thing. That would not be that. And so she did not like that very much. And they basically pounce on our poor Pamela.
0: So later, Jared and Emily, they're unpacking the developing drama with the Johnsons as they prepare dinner for them. The conversation, once the Johnsons show up, is really a humble brag a minute. It's really annoying to me. And they are officially, in my mind, just not nice people. I did not like them Mm -hmm. at all. Jane shows up on Emily's front porch the next day for the revised, her revised Christmas Carnival. It's the talk of the cul-de-sac. The neighbors are impressed with with them. Emily is dot, 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 not and neither am I. I just kind (laughs) of got like a whole icky feeling about all of them, like they were there for other reasons what did you think
1: yeah i thought there'd be some big reveal at the end that they were really like criminals running from something <laughs> and it ties into cash me if you claws maybe they had a flash drive in one of those moving trucks <laughs> like it was very they were very uh sneaky sneaky
0: sneakertons sneaky sneakertons for sure jared is tasked with having to talk the johnsons down just a little bit so we'll see how that goes It seems to be taking a while when he finally does make it over to their house. So Emily goes to check on them and catches Jared in a jam sesh with the Johnsons in their living room. It turns out the Johnsons are actually friends with Nickelback, which is a (laughs) funny callback here because it turns out that Emily is a huge Nickelback fan. And so this winds up cutting right to Emily's heart in a rather spectacular way. So she is officially over them, it seems. And this is what I really liked about this movie is it really rewarded you if you watched the first one because you got some of these jokes faster and in a better way than if you hadn't seen the first one, I thought.
1: Yeah, they're like, well, we're not really that close to Chad Kruger or Kroger. I mean, we had a timeshare of a lake house with him, so yeah, (laughs) it's just so funny. So, so funny. Funny. yeah. So and Lacey funny. Shabir's face in that moment was
0: brilliant. Priceless, <laughs> priceless, yeah. So Jared wakes up the next morning to a collection of really intricately carved gnomes placed throughout the neighborhood that are blaring Good King Winchrist's loss as sung by the Johnsons on repeat. It's about as bad as you might think it is. Jared drops off a citation for the speakers because, of course, that's part of his job as the HOA president. And it turns out that Joe's going to try to win him over with a nickname and the privilege of flipping the switch on the big light display on their house. So he's trying to make nice and get in with the HOA president. And Jared's kind of in the middle because Emily is not at all impressed. So you can see where this is going. Some of the neighbors, they meet up to gab about the developing controversy over the Johnson's gnomes and the competing cookie competition. Ned, ugh, Ned, backstabs all of the people in the cul-de-sac and bolts to the Johnson's competition for cookies, and he winds up winning. So the cookie competition, the traditional one in the cul-de-sac, is a total bust. There's only like two or three entries. Emily winds up getting second place, and of course Pamela winds up winning, but it's kind of this... Not as rewarding a win as it normally is for her because mm-hmm. everyone went over to the Johnsons and competed there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ned is such a traitor. I didn't like Ned last year. I don't like him this year either. No. Traitor.
0: Traitor. Mm-hmm.
1: Now it's no, no, time. he sleeps at night.
0: Same. Yeah. Same. Now it's time for my favorite part, the snowman tableau, which we're bringing it back. We're bringing it back. We're leaning into it, even though no one really knows what a snowman tableau is. But here we go. And it parlays right into a no holds barred snowball fight. Jared and Emily wind up getting totally ambushed as the Johnsons continue to make it abundantly clear. They don't play at all. They are... Vicious. (laughs) Vicious. <laughs> yeah,
1: so this town so gets very divided. It's a little West Side Story at this point. I didn't realize how many people were on the Johnson's team I until know. the snowball ambush. I Man, know. they came out of nowhere.
0: They did. They did, of course. And I love their matching outfits. It looked very sort of, was. Well, we heard Emily describe it, it's like Christmas is turning into the Hunger Games.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <that's> because <laughs> Jared and Emily wind up face styming her mom and dad, who are now in Florida and just saying, what are we going to do? And so it's the scene where they're talking about all the problems in the neighborhood. And basically, Emily's dad says, look, you got to be the HOA president and you've really got to drop the hammer. And so that's exactly what Jared tries to do. So he goes over with Emily to the Johnsons and they perform a spot inspection, and they hand off a pile of citations and a demand that the Johnsons show up to Jared's white elephant party the next night. Instead, however, the Johnsons show up and they drop a bomb. They are pulling out of all of the HOA celebrations, thanks to Ned, Ugh, Ned's guidance. And there's actually an addendum, it turns out, in the HOA bylaws, Put in place by Emily's dad a few years ago that basically says that anyone can not participate if they don't want to. That is a bit of a stunner, but Emily still calls for backup. We'll see what that means. So stay tuned. There's more to come here. Ah, this is a stressful one, I thought.
1: It really is. But Throughout this, there were some funny moments like, um, what's the dad Johnson's name? Joe?
0: joe yes
1: joe and his wife jane yeah they whenever they get the citations i liked when emily and jared kind of get their groove back and start issuing the citations but when they <laughs> say well, and this is for the music jane's like oh, joe i thought we talked about this you needed to ask permission he's like sorry i put the sleigh before the reindeer this time and <laughs> i want to start like saying that they were just all these little one-liners that were zip zip zippy, and i thought they were really funny and well-written
0: yeah. And everyone did a great job of delivering those one liners like it was just a normal part of their conversation, which yeah, on this cul-de-sac, you would absolutely believe that was a normal part of their conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it turns out that the backup that Emily was calling for is, in fact, her parents and her parents wind up showing backup on Evergreen Lane and dad is full on focused on the enemy. He is going to restore order in the cul-de-sac on Evergreen Lane, and Mom is there for fun to wrap presents and check in with Emily. So there you have it. Dad's plans are militant, and Emily thinks it needs to be something a little bit more meet in the middle. So they go with that and meet with the Johnsons to try to thaw the ice a little bit. The Johnsons suggest a morning competition, which winds up turning into a head-to-head showdown for the ages between Emily and Jane after Jane calls Emily the G-word as in Grinch.
1: I'm wearing a Grinch sweatshirt right now. See, there's his little eyes. You can't really see, but yeah. Nothing worse than being called a Grinch in this town. Yeah, so
0: this is setting the stage between a big showdown between Emily and Jane, and you got to think going into it that Emily's the underdog, don't you?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, she they referenced, when you came to town, you were a bit of a Grinch. I was a little confused because a couple things they said made it seem like the original movie wasn't a year ago. Like, they were like, oh, remember last year, the tree didn't light. Did that happen in the movie last year?
0: Yeah, remember that was uh-huh. Ned gave Jared a hard time because it was his first year as president. And he tried to light the tree and yeah. it didn't work. Yeah.
1: And then they were like, well, when you came to town, remember, you were a real Grinch. It just made it seem like it was further in the history. But yeah. the other things they said made it confirm that it was a year ago. Never mind. Just forget it. She was a Grinch. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: So we get a prep montage. So Emily is doing very much like a Rocky Balboa kind of prep (laughs) montage, getting ready for the big fight situation. That includes building a gingerbread house and practicing for that. And Emily's is actually quite amazing. I thought it was a really great gingerbread house. She winds it.
1: When I realize now, Jared's an architect. I'd forgotten what his job was. So when he he unrolled drawings of a house that they were kind of using to inspire this design, he's like, we need Vince. We need da-da-da-da-da. That makes more sense because he's an architect.
0: Yes. There you go. Yep. That makes perfect sense. She winds up giving, however, this huge, beautiful creation to Johnny Johnson, again, the Johnson's son shows it to his parents and they see an opportunity to scope out the competition and figure out what Emily's going to do the next morning. But Johnny's just like, folks, can you please just be normal? And I love that they let the kid in this one be the voice of reason. because Yeah. yeah it was a wake up call that L parties needed. I
1: thought. Yeah. They were all losing their minds, but I liked, and I mean, there was a Christmas trivia round. Mm-hmm. So they said, um, Donner and Blitzen means thunder and lightning. Is that true?
0: I guess so. Yeah.
1: Never heard of that. Never heard of that. And then Pamela's teaching Emily how to make a wreath, and it is comedy gold. One line after another. And she says, 30 people injure themselves every year with hot glue guns. (laughs) (laughs) You would think it's like the biggest statistic ever. Now, I had injured myself with a glue gun, fun fact. I was hot gluing a house model together in college late, late at night, and I got a little sloppy with it and glued my hand to my model and then <laughs> had to rip it off. Did not yeah. feel good.
0: No. Yeah? Probably lost some skin in the game, didn't you?
1: Well, I did have some skin in the
0: game. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: but then there's was also a drink-making competition, mm-hmm. the gingerbread,
0: gingerbread house. Gingerbread thing and a wrapping competition. No. no. That was the other one. No? Maybe. <laughs>
1: I there, I thought there were, five, there were things. five things. Anyways, all the townies have specialties, and they're helping Emily prepare for each category. I liked yes. that
0: moment. It's just a sweet little montage for sure. Yeah. Derrida, Dad, Dared, Dad, and Jared, which together would be Dared, but Dad and Jared yeah. separately mm-hmm. have tender moments with Emily in the moments leading up to the big competition. So they show up. In matching jackets, and boy, do I want one of these jackets because it was sharp.
1: I know,
0: so good. And again, brilliant marketing opportunity. They should be selling these evergreen lane jackets for fans of Hallmark movies with your name emblazoned on the front. I mean, there are people who would buy one of those for the holiday season. I mean,
1: come I would actually Hallmark. probably buy this more than the Christmas by design jammies.
0: Yes, I I'd want probably this more if,
1: than I, the if I had a. If I had a budget, I would probably spend it on this. And Alan is back. Pamela's husband's back. We got to see him a little bit more. He helped make the jackets and they pass him out and they look like a million bucks. Loved it.
0: It was a nutcracker on the back that had flames shooting out all around. It. Did it really? It's Evergreen lane. And I was like, I would absolutely wear that to the mall at Christmas. So Hallmark, if you're listening to this, and I sure hope you are sell us those jackets because I would buy one in a heartbeat. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. Anyway, the crowd, as you might expect, is a little bit split. You've got the Emily loyalists. You've got the Jane fans, but Emily is super conflicted because the crowd's like, Emily, Emily. And the other crowd's like, we want Jane. We want Jane. And so Emily winds up bowing out of the competition because of course, this is not the spirit of Christmas. And this is not the spirit of evergreen lane. And, she winds up making amends with Jane and they hug it out and it's sort of sweet. So that conflict is rather swiftly and summarily resolved. So we wind up having a huge hit of a Christmas carnival on Evergreen Lane. Night falls, and here we go. It's the big moment. A horse drawn carriage, click clock, clip clop, click clock, click clock, clip clock shows up. You're welcome. And soon
1: enough, adds so much to the story. Yeah,
0: I know. And soon enough, Jared is there and he drops to a knee and he proposes and he opens this egg
1: like a Faberge <laughs> like egg,
0: Faberge egg box. Yeah. yeah, and reveals this diamond. Which
1: oh, I just hit my microphone to show <laughs> people how big this rock
0: is. It was like. I don't know. What do I have that's like the size of that? It's like, here's here's a light I have. It's like this. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, so much bling. Yeah. My gosh. And then I was like, what does he do for a living? And then I remembered he's an architect. I'm like, how many? Been- I mean, you design all those houses, those big houses on Evergreen Lane? I guess. Maybe.
0: Big deal. Anyway, yeah. just like that, they're engaged. This movie ends like really suddenly, just like this recap.
1: Okay, it's time for our Gold or Coal segment. If you're new to the podcast, here's what we do. You know there were three wise men bringing three gifts to baby Jesus? Well, Josh and I are not wise men, but we will each bring three gifts to the podcast. If there's more gold, it's a 10 out of 10 lords a-leapin'. If there's more coal, it's a dim bulb. And if it's a tie, which does happen from time to time, it's just a meh. Christmas. Josh, what are you bringing to the podcast?
0: So first piece of gold for me, the Ned-Pamela dynamic throughout this movie is really funny. It's really well written, and I love just sort of their quips back and forth. I thought that they both are there for different reasons and want to be, you know, the king or the queen bee when it comes to Christmas, and I love watching that play out. It's really funny, and Melissa Peterman is just like a gem. Give me a whole movie with her and I would watch it any day of the week.
1: Exactly, yeah, like they argue about how to pronounce "crueler" (laughs) Kruler. Like, I mean, it's just silly stuff that you get the impression that they do, they have lived in this town forever and they just, they know each other really well and it is almost like a brother-sister like nagging relationship, so really enjoyed them. I will give Gold, it's just great to see the cast back together. You know what, if they do another movie next year, I'm going to watch it. I was very happy to see all the townies. Give me more townies. I had written in my notes, give me a movie with Lacey Chabert and Melissa Peterman just riffing on each other, making reads. I would watch it. Or like a YouTube series. Sign me up. Subscribe.
0: There you go. Gold, Gold for me, too. I thought that the Johnson cast was really good. I liked their... The way that they got under everyone's skin in different ways, I thought was really great. I thought Jane in particular, she was really well written and had some great one liners, some great little snappy quips. And I liked that the sun wound up being the voice of reason. So I thought for sequels and trying to do that fish out of water thing, I thought this was the right way to do it. It really, it really worked for me.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will give gold. This movie was funny, and I know we've said it already a little bit, but it was laugh out loud funny. It may have been funnier to me than the first movie. The first movie had to establish so many characters, and there was a little more drama with Emily's character moving back to town and all of that, and there was the whole confusing thing, like why were her parents decorating and taking down the decorations and then put them back. This movie was laugh a minute. Loved it.
0: Gold. Agreed. Agreed. My last gift is going to be gold as well. If you'll remember last time we watched Hall Out the Holly, I had a major problem with the fake snow and the way it just did not look like snow at all, especially in the Snowman Tableau. And I don't know what they did, if they got a different supplier or what the deal was, (laughs) but it actually looked like legitimate snow. And I know that sounds like the most minor of things, but it was not distracting. And I actually thought it worked, and it. I believed it, and it felt like it was the right thing at the right time of the season. So gold, A-plus for improvement, Hallmark. I see you.
1: Yes. I will give my last gift is some gold. You can't say this isn't a Christmas movie. This movie drips Christmas in every square inch. There are lights. There's snow, real or fake. There are traditions. There are the snowman tableau. There's the decorating. There's the wrapping. I mean, it's just like every christmas tradition you can think of and it got me in the christmas spirit well there you I was kind it. of already there but it really yeah. you know, put the nail in the mantle for a stocking
0: oh i like that of a coffin yes cuz that would be a little morbid morbid yeah yeah, yeah. so we that are six on. pieces of gold second time this season so we're going to call it 10 out of 10 Lord's a leaping. We loved it. And Jennifer, I wanted to ask your thoughts on something because I was looking on social media and it seems like you've got a lot of people who absolutely love this one. And you've got a lot of people who have big, big, big problems. And it seems like, I don't know what you think. It seems like there's really a rift developing in the Hallmark world. Where you've got the purists who want Mm -hmm. these sort of romance-heavy, small-town girl, big-city guy, vice-versa, whatever, you know, kind of the typical thing we see. And then you have sort of these folks who love that Hallmark's doing some new stuff, and there's like almost a rift kind of forming in the audience here. What are your thoughts around all that?
1: I think, I mean, obviously the whole reason any of us are watching these movies is... It is very predictable, or it was, and it was comforting, but these movies, yes, they are against the traditional formula, like the Holl- the Hollies, the Santa Summits of the world, but they're still pretty safe bets. I mean, you know that it's going to be two hours with commercials, it's a heartwarming cast, and it's going to be a happy ending, and probably some romance thrown in. So if they can get their little tendrils out and do some different things, I don't think that's a big stretch. It's not like we're going Die Hard or anything crazy, so... I would encourage people to open their hearts, open their minds, and give it more than like 10 minutes. But if you didn't like the first movie, you won't like the second movie. Yeah. And that's just, you know, I don't even know what you would try. So don't waste your time if you didn't like the first movie. But I do think it was in some ways better than the first movie or at least funnier.
0: So give well, it a shot. And if you'll remember, our score on the first one was a meh. And this went all yeah. the way to six stars. So yeah, I think it works. Yeah.
1: And that, friends, is another episode of Do You Watch What I Watch?
0: Special thanks, as always, to our good friend Nick Shores for our amazing theme song, and, of course, to you for taking the time to listen and to watch.
1: Hey, if you like our podcast, we can't ask you enough. Please spread the word, spread the Christmas cheer. This is our peak season, and we want to get eyes and ears on our pod to spread the word about what we're watching. So... Give us a follow, leave us a comment. You can connect with us on our website at doyouwatchwhatiwatch.com. Next time. I don't know how I end up drafting these movies <laughs> that have 8,000 people in them. But we will be recapping and reviewing Hallmark's new movie, Holiday Road. And here is the plot summary. Nine strangers stranded at an airport during the holidays unite for Christmas road trip to Denver. Misadventures lead to unexpected bonds and heartfelt conversation. There you go. We won't have much to discuss, and until then,
0: may your days be merry and bright. We will see you next time.